All right. So, yeah, I'll just start it with how I connected with Sandra, why she's here, how beautiful she was to agree to come and chat. <laughs> um, so I met Sandra on LinkedIn and we started chatting more and just diving into the realms of psychedelics and just connected so, so deeply with this mutual passion. And yeah, it was amazing to hear that she works so specifically with ethics and moral psychology. So going so deep into these conversations, mostly that we just so needed to have. I remember our first call, I just had so many thoughts and ideas of like, oh my goodness, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and also just realizing how important it is to, you know, as humans, we are you know, ethics is always an interesting conversation because we have our own opinions and our biases. So having a third party and having, you know, specialists in this field are super important for psychedelics. So we are going to dive into today more about how to choose a facilitator. You know, what does it mean to go to an ethical retreat? <laughs> All of that great stuff. So yeah, welcome, welcome, Sandra. Thank you for being here. Thank you so very much for having me, Sophia. It's just a real pleasure to be here and to be here in community with all of you. It's it's a real joy. Mm, yeah, you are you are an epic community builder. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you literally made the acronym of epic for your community. Like, yes. so, 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 this business is epic. That's why that that pun is <laughs> just squeezed in there. Um, so yeah, as I always like to start these polls with, if you don't mind taking us back to the beginning, I would love to hear, I don't actually think you've shared this with me uh, before, but you know, what specifically got you started in such a unique speciality of ethics and psychedelics? How did you get into that for you personally? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful question. And, and honestly, it was the last thing I thought I was going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it you know like you know how everyone has you know I mean maybe not everyone recognizes that they have a calling but for me it's very much a calling um and we don't have to go into the spiritual sense of that um to me um spirituality and ethics are in alignment um but sometimes it's easier to talk about it in terms of ethics for people who are not as familiar with the spiritual aspects um but everyone cares about being in integrity uh and and I, and in some sense, like I, even my my high school yearbook <laughs> predicted I would break up with my three year boyfriend, um, who, by the way, introduced me to psychedelics, <laughs> and 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 then become a liberal activist. Which I'm like, I'm not sure exactly if that's, but but there's an element. Um, <laughs> um, it, it's and in a lot of ways, like like any journeys, um, to to try and put put a finger on the beginning or the end, it's really challenging, especially if you think in deeper senses, right? Um, spiritually in soul journeys and in lifetimes and in ancestral origins. I love it. That's such a psychedelic answer to that question. <laughs> well, it's challenging, you know, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I did the traditional academic thing and I eventually like, I didn't even know I wanted to do ethics for a long time, but it's been very much something that I think about and integrity has always been important to me by nature. Um, and, and, uh, um, I've always been curious. Um, I grew up in the Silicon Valley. Um, I currently live in um, Boulder Creek in the Santa Cruz Mountains on the Amamutsan uh, tribal lands on the sacred land of Popelucha. And mm -hmm. um, my and it's it's beautiful for me now to look back because like growing up in the Silicon Valley, you would think that's the most detached way you could grow up to now be in a in a greater connection. And yet um, psychedelics were also in the Bay Area, very much in the water. 
Um, it was a very much around, but it was seen more in a recreational way, not really in a sacred or ceremonial way. And and uh, I, I sometimes joke that my first time sitting or being with someone in a journey space was was that boyfriend at a junior prom when I was 15. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know he was high on acid, you know, like... <laughs> And it's more the 15 year old angry, disappointed, like you weren't attending to me the way you should be tending to me type of <laughs> um, and then finding out later, you know, that's what was going on. And I hadn't even had a journey yet or an experience like that. So I didn't even understand fully. Um, so um, in some ways, I feel like it found me. And in many ways, I also feel in alignment with it um, later on. uh you know, I've been teaching bioethics at UC Santa Cruz for about 10 years. I've I've now stopped doing that um, to do this work full time and and have been in service uh, for the past couple of years, really focused on this work. And and that's what that's the part that I would say it kind of shocked me because I was very much, you know, around psychedelics, you know, active in psychedelics in a community, been in ceremony, um, supported people on journeys and different things. But I wasn't thinking about it as a career. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I was still, I even had a whole career doing tech. I was in <laughs> a Silicon Valley might be more leaning towards, like I was working at Apple in tech. And then I left that to do academic work. And even then I resisted doing ethics because it wasn't as serious in philosophy as, um, other forms like metaphysics or epistemology. Um, so, but I also had an, an, um, an experience, and here, here's your early trigger warning for everyone, <laughs> uh, that um, I was, a student had reached out to me who I'd had in class a year prior. Um, I, and she's like, oh, I think you can help me. And I'm like, okay, sure. You know, she's like, can you meet with me right now? I'm like, um, well, I'm about to go to class. You can meet me. Like I thought it would be a letter of recommendation type of thing. Uh, turns out she came and she was in full psychedelic state. And she didn't know what she had had. Um, she wanted to come to class, but I, I didn't let her come to class. <laughs> I had my TAs take over. And um, part of the reason for the trigger warning is uh, um, uh, I discovered not just that, you know, she'd volunteered to be given a substance that she didn't know and was still very much in an altered state um, and was looping on trying to find the person. Like, um, and like, we got to stop them. We got to stop him. We got to find him. We got to talk, you know, like, you know, he, we got to, got to keep him from doing this from someone else. And like, I didn't even know what it was. And then she would shift as people do in journey states to like being blissful and joyful and like, everything's okay. So, you know, call the on-call therapist, do all the official things you're supposed to do. Um, even got the campus police to show up because I wanted to find the person too, who had, you know, um, dosed her basically. She volunteered to be a guinea pig for his experiment. He had come back from South America with a whole bunch of different substances. He allegedly was an anthropology student. Um, and uh, and I and as the police got there and the therapist was like only giving like sort of like, and there's no criticism to therapists, but 5150 questions like, are you a danger to yourself? Are you a danger to others? And having been in this space, I'm like, that's that's not that's not adequate. That's not supporting her. That's not what she needs. Um and uh, and then even when the police get there and then I'm like, OK, I know something else has happened to her um, in part because of like not to go into this whole thing about like what she was seeing and experiencing in altered state. But um, 
but long story short, I, 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 I said, like, I think something else has happened to her, to the police without saying what I thought it was. And then, and then to discover that she had actually been um, sexually violated. Um, and, and she got on the upside of this, um, you know, they did the intake. She, we did, they did identify the person. They did find the person on campus. Um, and she pressed charges and, and this is all while she was in her come down, you know, which is kind of crazy in so many levels. Um, but she, like I stayed with her the whole time. She didn't want me to leave obviously. And I didn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't have. And we got another friend to come be with her. And, and like, what was, it, it was just, um, and she felt a lot of peace and integration for what you can for that kind of experience because it's a healing journey, right? Um, but that really woke me up on a whole nother level. Um, like it was no longer separate. I couldn't separate really what my my sort of quote unquote life was, like what my own journeys and my own experiences were, um, my work in terms of ethics and things like that. And then literally seeing like, gosh, how is it that I could be at UC Santa Cruz um, teaching for you know, for, and this is before decrim in Santa Cruz and stuff like this, this is several years ago, um, and not actually um, talking about it. Um, I really prided myself on being able to, you know, like we we're talking about transgender issues and all these other sort of things that were um, really embracing of our culture and stuff. And I, I remember talking about 420 maybe one time and some other things, but um, I felt really convicted um, and that, and that uh, I had information and knowledge as well as a an obligation to to talk about it I'm not, even though I had like fears about it you know <laughs> like it's like kind of like kind of coming out of the psychedelic closet a different kind of closet I, I'd already come out of the other closet I'm by uh pen <laughs> but um <laughs> um but but it made me realize like wow they don't know how to support people in journey space they don't they they people aren't getting the information that they need um to reduce risk and harm um these ethical issues are important I had experienced myself and, and, and it's just sort of like, was this light bulb moment where it's just like, you know, like even my spiritual practice, like I was focused on my, like, I'm like a double Reiki master. I was focused on my spiritual path. I was just doing that. I was keeping this as sort of separate, asking the universe, like, why am I teaching at a university? <laughs> I'm doing tarot cards and energy work. Um, and, and you still have me in this class. And then of course it all made sense. Right. Um, like I was in the best position I possibly could have been to be able to do this work, to be able to talk about it. So um, that at least gives you a very long form answer to a very short question. <laughs> yeah, that's super holistic and, and very, yeah, I could just really feel what you were sharing. And I love hearing those moments, you know, in, in people's lives because it, because there are those moments for everyone where we have this, you know, before and after, and sometimes life can feel a little bit scrambled if we don't know where those little nuggets are, those, those points are, those big realizations, because there can be, like you said, there's, you know, times when you're in a job, you're doing something, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know? So those moments of realization are, are kind of confronting. But yeah, no, even like, oh, for me, that's I part can... of what the spiritual journey is. Yeah, less separation, yeah, literally yeah. less separation between the two worlds. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually been such a theme for my conversations this past while of like how this is starting to happen. This this bridge is getting stronger between this like normal state of consciousness world and this altered state of consciousness world. And a lot of people are figuring out how to navigate that. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, from also from where you live and in the States in general, 
what is your perception right now if you were to like consolidate your perception of the landscape of psychedelics like what does it look like to you transmutation and rebirth mm, okay think butterfly yeah because it's it's quite a unique place i mean as a country i'm really I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot of different emotions about it to be honest like just like I feel like there's such intense knowledge like on the science side of it and there's like realization like pushing behind that but then there's also the ceremonial aspect you mentioned someone just traveled to South America they come back they have the knowledge all of a sudden poof you know this person's not taking medicine with them you know so how is this sacred aspect and this now clinical trial aspect do you see emergence or a way that we can be more ethical or more intentional about that emerging? Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. And I think it's a really good question because um, part of what we're we're witnessing and, and being a part of, and we're here at this time for by no accident, by my accounts, you know, um, and in my experience, spiritually speaking, and and uh, we're not used to witnessing it on this such of a large scale, like a consciousness shift. And um, people like to be comfortable. <laughs> Anyone who's had a person in a journey stay like, you know, like it's it's not entirely comfortable to have everything. <laughs> um, and and that um, since I know you know Terrell, but, um, you know, like the tower card, like you think about in order to birth something new, something old must die. And um, and right now we're literally in that sort of transformation energy where the old is passing away and com and coming apart, which it creates a lot of discomfort. Um, while the new is also happening at the same time, and and it makes it very confusing if you're used to you know like the foundation and the way social structures, but like we don't like how they are. We don't like the colonial capitalistic structure. I mean, it served its purpose for its time for learning and education or spiritual development, however you want to interpret that. Um, but but now that's that's shifting and passing away. Um, and and similarly in the psychedelic space, you know, there's a mirror to that and and what's happening in psychedelic science and research. Um and and the fear, I understand why people get afraid. We all get afraid. That's normal, right? Like, um, and it's meant to bring us into greater curiosity and lean into it. And, and the fear is that at least in part that, um, we're going to just have these medicines co-opted spirituality, everything that's sacred, um, all the sort of harms that have happened through Western society. Um, and I'm not saying that the only ones, uh, you know, is being repeated or being even expanded to what's the most sacred. And and that that has this edge of feeling like an ultimate end, like like it's going to destroy everything and and cause the ultimate harm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and I really feel that that fear and and that concern, but um, this isn't our first rodeo, you know, like. <laughs> For, for sure, in that it, it almost feels like though that, um, but because of the drive of the Western mind and like the the drive of finances, it's like yeah, yeah like spirituality is an option. And I do believe yeah. that if you're building a business, spirituality is an option. But if you're taking these psychedelic medicines, it's no longer an option. It's now a danger not to yeah you know, in, yeah. To, to me, it's like 
<laughs> to me, it's like the ultimate hubris. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. oh, you, you, think, you think you can just like control the sacred, you know, like, oh, good luck with that. I like, I don't want to be there when that car wreck happens, you know, like, you know, you can have that the karma and the energy exchange of what that involves. And we all have, I mean, for me, it's like, we, I mean, and this gets into ethics, right? You know, um, I mean, it'll, I'll have it too with um, like teaching it at UCSC and be working primarily with biomolecular engineering science students who are literally doing genetic engineering, right? Um, and and they would be like, some people would be like, and I'm not saying this is like on the whole, but be like, well, why do we care about ethics? Even in psychedelics, like when I first came into the space more actively, they're like, what's ethics gonna do for psychedelics, right? <laughs> now they don't, <laughs> now they don't question that. Storytelling really needs to... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, well, like, well, what is science for? Mm, that's a great well, question. Right? Yeah. You know, what's the value in it? If yeah. I can ask you that question and you want to have an answer, like it's supposed to contribute to our well-being or to make us live well or to be happier, more fulfilled um, beings, then guess what? You know, you're doing it for ethical reasons, for value reasons, for spiritual reasons, depending upon how you want to, you know, interpret that meaning, right? Um, that and and that we need that. We, meaning is is essential, um, and essential to our lives and 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 behind all of our choices, right? Like I I would challenge you to find a single choice that doesn't have some amount of value or meaning in it, um, that that may be indirect, it may not be, you know, um, like we call it intrinsic versus extrinsic goods in, in ethics talk, um, right? Is it good in and of itself or is it good in what it gets you? Like money um, isn't an intrinsic good unless you're like burning it for fire or like, you know, making origami like, you know, art or something like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, and, and back to the, the, the psychedelic science and these other sort of pieces, it's like, well, yeah, they could try and um, make it about just the money or make it, uh, you know, try and, you know, uh, synthesize it, control it, um, profit off of it. Um, but but what are they actually, you know, like, that's not changing. You can't capture someone's consciousness. Mm. Yeah, and I'd love to hear, I mean, with, with that, it's, it seems like kind of a, you're bringing in a feminine perspective, you know, and I, I'd love to hear from your years of experience, what has been the dynamic that you've seen between men in the ethics space, women in the ethics space, and men in the psychedelic space, women in the psychedelic space, how has the gender roles played into this whole dynamic? Well, that's a complicated question for me, too, because, you know, I don't see this just the the binary, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I also interpret that as energy versus um uh, uh necessarily Definitely so like, like uh, yeah we can we can say masculine yeah. feminine the more yeah masculine feminine the right um, <laughs> but, but there are you know and, and i like to think that you know we all have fem masculine and feminine aspects within the self and like um i think for instance um at least and i'm going to speak of course i can only speak from my perspective um i i was raised in a western culture with a western perspective and um uh, my mom was a very masculine feminine and, and that's what she needed to be in order to be able to break through the business barriers that she did. Right. Um, and my, my dad was more, even though he was very much an engineer, he was, um, a very feminine masculine. Um, so I feel like I learned a lot more about, at least personally, uh, 
what it meant to be feminine from my dad and what it meant to be masculine from my mom. And the challenge was to integrate it into um, not just a, and I had more challenge. You don't need to go into my whole psychology, but like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, uh, but like for me, like that, that journey, like, and I think uh, there's a cultural thing that happened with that, that, you know, women were told that they had to be everything. You have to be the moms and you have to be the working moms, like that superhero mom sort of mentality. Right. Um, and, and that deprived of stuff of the strength of the feminine. And masculines equally were given a toxic version of masculinity that were like, you can't feel, you have to be in control, you have to be a breadwinner, that sort of like that extreme version. Um, and let alone both being entrapped by a, a gender construct that didn't allow freedom of expression or identity and um, the fluidity and the spectrum through which we actually live in. I mean, there may be moments even in a day, you may feel more masculine or more feminine. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to notice like this, what I'm kind of seeing is that with this rise of this bridge between the normal consciousness and psychedelics and like more of it, you know, obviously being legalized it is also, it's it's happening at a time when more women are rising and more women are speaking about it and more women are stepping into also facilitator roles, which they wouldn't have been welcomed into for different reasons before you know in that and I'm just it's just kind of interesting I'm just watching it and no and, and to answer it more in the medicine space which was your original question <laughs> but, like, but it's like it's hard for me to go there unless I've come from where I'm coming from for sure uh, uh that that like any other practice in the west it has been masculine dominated and in a toxic masculine toxic feminine dominated um and and there was a sense amongst women that you had to compete for a position that you know women would be hostile to other women not because there was anything they had done but because and you see this also in BIPOC and other communities where there's been racism sexism discrimination you know even in um, different able persons like and also on, I'm also on the spectrum is this um, that privileged status like whatever the society decided was the privileged. And that's happened in how we've approached psychedelics in the West, too. And and worth noting, this isn't as popular to say, but also, yeah, in a lot of medicine traditions, it was male-dominated. Um, not that there weren't feminine-dominated um, practices and lineages, but uh, the same sort of patriarchal structures were affecting them, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and yes. I think definitely really now it is that full world rebirth that it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, <laughs> hey, just because they're an indigenous first person, you know, first people doesn't mean that they're perfect, right? Like, I mean, really, like they're human too, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and and even if we go to our own lineages, like you know, like my lineage was, you know, Celtic, Gaelic, you know, like Germanic. That that's it's male dominated too, you know. <laughs> there there was more of a respect of the feminine and the deeper. Like, right, um, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll share about, like, psychedelic ethical leadership and, and um, like, uh, that it used to be that you would be um, in better relationship with nature and the land, and you would marry the land um, as and the people and the nature. It wasn't just that you were a leader of your people or of that place. It was an interrelationship. It was an honoring of the sacred of the land and the people and the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, that was the, the, the real marriage was, was an honoring of that sacredness of both the masculine and the feminine, even going into 
um, you know, I'll try not to go too esoteric, but like, <laughs> you know, you think about Samhain and, and uh, you know, when you, that was the marriage time because that was the time when the other world and uh, like the, where that energy from that space, right, would go. The, the summer right now we're, we're about to go into solstice <laughs> and and that this is the peak of when we receive the energy in this world and then the other world in the peak of, of the height of winter right that's you know it's their time and there even would be stories you wouldn't tell um and things you wouldn't talk about unless it was in that time period because that's when that energy can be talked about or discussed um <laughs> yeah and, and the way that, that that all the gender roles and the gender things really do dissolve like once you say earth or land or elements it's just like oh okay <laughs> like that's the deeper well, truth anyway so it, it, there is that point of unity you know where we yeah. can release some of that yeah. tension yeah and I and I and I really do you know um believe that we're going towards a more you know um unity co-creative interrelated like decentralized you know um uh time period uh and and it's worth noting you know in terms of talking about the feminine and nature and the other world and like which is also associated with the mystery and um <laughs> uh that that our that the earth is in need right now right um we've had a toxic relationship with the land and nature and with ourselves because you can't separate our relationship with those things with our relationship to ourselves and so um the fact that the feminine in 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 various forms um embodies and energies but in, and i also would include the masculine bodied people and i and, and masculine identifying people in that that we're all coming into connection with our feminine and with the land and nature and the environment and and a higher vibrational relationship i mean like we've been you know, that extractive mindset we've had towards ourselves and towards the environment um, as within, so without, as above, so below. Like if you really take that seriously, you really get um, that that this the shift in consciousness that psychedelics and plant medicines help to provide us also help us to come into right relationship with ourselves and with others and with nature. And it's very necessary. Um, and to me, that's ethical. Mm. Oh, wow, that's so beautifully said. Thank you. That <laughs> oh, was just, yeah, perfect. So absolutely true. And yeah, it sounds like you're building Epic, which is your community from, from this beautiful foundation of knowledge and experience and all the wonderful things that you've learned in your life. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. And yeah, what's what's coming up? George has to help out. Oh, good. Um, I was just so <laughs> um yeah epic um and I don't I don't like to claim that it's mine um but <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to be a co-creation very much but I I'm also starting to recognize that um I am in a leadership position um um but epic um is I, I consider myself a co-founder um with the other people I'm in community with and and and, and that continues to be co-founded for what it's worth Right. Um, in recognition that we're always growing, we're always changing and and recognition of of that that deeper relationship we have to ourselves and, and nature. But um, EPIC stands for Ethical Psychedelic International Community, and it's it's focused on co-creative and collaborative efforts um, towards um, creating a more ethical, more integral space with an openness in terms of the notion of of what that means for different communities that. 
um, trying to create the sort of space for we, us all to have our own tables and not just a seat at the table, which, you know, and, and um, other people in BIPOC and others have talked about this notion, you know, that we got to shift from this idea that um, tokenizing and, and that that's going to be or, or, or hand waving like, oh yes, you know, or, or what I call virtue signaling is sometimes what I call it. Like you virtue signaled your way. Um, like, oh, I have a BIPOC. I have, you know, a person of, um, who, who has like, you know, ethics. I have a person who does this and I have like these different things represented and I've, I've puzzled it together. And now I, we have representation <laughs> and now we're ethical or now we're in integrity. And I'm like, you know, that, that's BS. You know, I mean, who, who really believes that that's that's true? I mean, it's certainly better than having it be, you know, all white, you know, older masculine and there's nothing against them. But like you can't have those perspectives unless they're actually present. And I'm not saying Epic is perfect in that either. Um, we very much say that we're trying to grow um, and greater relationship. And it's complicated because we are coming out of this. Uh, we're we're still in it, right? We're I mean, like I'm very much a privileged white girl, you know, um, no joke, right? Like I have my degrees in part, and even having this conversation is in part because of the privilege I'm in, or even being able to co-create Epic. Uh, most of our volunteers um, have that uh, some element of privilege that they've received, you know, fairly or unfairly, and um, and and I also can't ask people to volunteer who are already not in that position right so um uh or 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 if they've been treated poorly and we've had poor relationship with to demand that they be there you know like well if we haven't earned it and we have to do repair work well guess what we <laughs> we have to earn it and do the repair work so um so so yeah so we're just the 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 heart space is is like you know like my own heart space is compassion and love um, and and trying to figure out a different way of coming into community and interrelationship, and and you know um, we're we're definitely at a crossroads right now. We're 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 re asking ourselves on a periodic basis because the idea is that we want it to be a living community, not a dead community, <laughs> or well, a living document, a living mean, ethics. What, what does that mean? Meaning like well, like you think about like people talk about like ethics codes. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I and I've looked at my fair share of them and I'm not saying anything against ethics codes, like they're important. But the the challenge is that like people will will do it and then it'll be and then they'll think they're done. <laughs> right. Like, so well, mean, yeah, living well, I mean it's it's interesting because I feel like anything living needs a lot of energy. Like if you have a dog, yes. you feed it every day, you know, you, yeah, you take care of it. Yeah, we yeah, were talking so about the baby chicks earlier. Like I have to like I go and check on them multiple times a day. Like they don't just like I mean they there's a there's an element, I mean, or or if you plant a garden, like you you plant a seed, you know, you plant an acorn, you know, first of all, you don't expect the acorn to be an oak the next day. Right. And second of all, uh, its needs change as it grows and develops and it changes. Right. Just like and, and that and we don't have that sort of uh, lived sense of of natural growth and development and interrelationship and our way of thinking about ourselves and our world and our communities and even in the psychedelic space. Hmm. That, that's, but this is kind of where I see a little bit of a bridge where value yeah. 
comes in because there's like, obviously there's these higher values that we have, which is compassion, love. And, but they, they never, I mean, this is kind of a practice from like intentional community building or like the five reasons why intentional communities fail is because they all come together in love and compassion and they don't have any of the earth elements where they actually need to be together for food or resources. And then of course, love and compassion run out, people have a fight and the whole thing breaks down. So it's about what I've learned from that is about trying, obviously we can't rewind time and have to live together in community and hunt for food, but we can take some of those elemental practices into the present moment and also use that as a translation between the current mindset or the you know common consciousness and this like higher consciousness idea of ethics and psychedelics where it's like, okay, they need to feel or they need to literally be getting value, like more clients, more something to put value into the thing that this needs a life force energy um, to it. And then that comes into like marketing and sales, which is horrific when it- it's compassion and and now you're having to like market it and sell it but I I just feel like from your project from from listening to it and hearing about it like this is something that is so needed and it's going to grow in its need (laughs) you know with yeah and I really hear you too um I I really especially you know because I know you care about elementals um (laughs) (laughs) we get along Um, yeah, we can talk about that too, my, that, that relationship, but, but, um, but like I, myself, like, I think this is why, like that sort of self-awareness, even like elemental awareness is really important. Um, like I, I have no earth naturally in my chart. Um, I, I have a Capricorn North node, but, um, so, um, where I'm, where I'm, I, I'm hungry and I never finish as it were, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the head of the dragon, right. The North node, um, <laughs> Um, that's where I, I'm driven to to try and create those things that really create build structures and create leadership in the space and different things like that. But I'm I'm mostly fire and and on the cover water, right? Um, and a, and a hints of air, so like basically like mist. <laughs> so 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 here you see like well at some point you have to ground it right and I'm like you're absolutely right and this is what I'm learning right now so like um and, and you really get a sense of like what energies you've brought together and that's sort of this is, gets into sort of like a little element of alchemy uh that's like okay my where I need to grow or where I need to bring it in from elsewhere is earth energy and and uh, and so I'm very much um, working in in community collaborations now to try and work on that earth element. And and because I know that what brought us together, like that intentional community comment you made earlier, uh, you know, like we we a lot of us were already working together as friends, and we were already consulting and talking about ethics, and and we just decided like, hey, you know, um, maybe we should all try and work on this together. And and we already were international, like, you know, Australia, the Netherlands, you know, Costa Rica, um, Canada, and and like, let's just all come together and just make, you know, see if we can make something happen in collaboration. And, and then inviting more people along that same heart space. But that energy can only take you so far without having to feed it like any good plant or water, you know, like we can, we can water it. Like if you really think elemental, like water is like emotions and feelings and care and compassion. And, and that was an element I think we, we saw as missing a lot of um, spaces 
that we're able to maintain over time in, in collaborations internationally. And, and so that a lot of times with our, our focus and creating, like if you even look, I think now it says like we co-create um, brave spaces for peer-to-peer -peer support and um, community collaborations and holding containers, um, listening to people, doing consultations, just offering free advice for people just to have someone else to talk to about like, what can I do if like I'm having this problem in my community, right? Or what what can I do if I've had this, you know, um, harm happen to me personally? You know, how do, how do I go about addressing it? Mm. Um, given, yeah, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of interesting conversation. I'm sure you're, you're coming into like, you know, where should the earth energy be coming from? You know, should that person have to, I like, I, it's hard to obviously ask that person to provide value. So it almost seems like it has to be coming, almost like the energy has to be coming from the practitioners, the facilitators into you guys, you know, to, you know, feed the system in some, in some kind of way. But also with the earth element, you know, it's obviously there's, there can be a sense like, yes, this needs to be granted or this needs to happen, but the earth is the slowest of elements. And especially when it gets to this yes. stage where, where like, you know, there's contractions and there's birthing pains and like that final birthing of earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just ask Saturn. Yeah. You know, which is about to go retrograde in Pisces on Friday. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I like my throat chakra closes up. Okay, now like what am I not supposed to say? <laughs> um <laughs> you can interpret that different ways. But I mean um, <laughs> um yeah, because like and it's I, I, I mean, just, just to kind of like take a note of what you just said, like what am I not supposed to say? And I think that's also an interesting point of just like this is is an intimate it is an intimate moment between you and your team and, and how it co-creates. Um and for me, that's that's always how I've gone about it. I've rented like a place in the mountains and like <laughs> just retreated myself <laughs> and done all of this matrix like work. And then I just come out and then I like share and speak again. Um, yeah, it can be hard to do do them both at the same time. And obviously when you're working with multiple people as well, it's another level of complexity. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we care very much about, you know, doing the work here. Right. And, and uh I've definitely had, at least personally, like I've had to do a lot more of that work and, and I've started to understand, at least for myself, like I realized like the part of the limits, I mean, it makes so much sense now, like, you know, like, you know, once you get the insight, you're like, oh, of course. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like Epic's growth it, is only limited by the people who are there and the, and the, the where they've reached spiritually and where they've reached, you know, um, personally and developmentally and what they can hold. Um, and so in, in my part of that puzzle, especially in a more leadership position, I realized that, you know, my blind spots are Epic's blind spots. And, and like right now, like one of my biggest challenges, it, it's not, you know, like, just like there can be toxic takers, there can be toxic givers. And, and I've been more of that mindset and, and learning how to receive and be in that feminine receptive um and and figuring out ways to nurture myself is a growth area you know you would think that'd be the most natural thing as a you know feminine body feminine identifying feminine you know but but it's not it's not you know um and and then realizing like oh gosh you know um when you think it's just you it's never just about you like i thought it was like okay this is just what my struggle is this is what i'm dealing with but then realizing like, oh, wait, it's affecting everything I'm touching in a beautiful mm -hmm. way and also in a challenging way. 
right? So like if I yeah. if I haven't done that work, you know, um, then I can't give that to Epic. You know, um, I need. But it's so a- fascinating because also that's essentially where ethics is in psychedelics. Like it, we're still not really sure where our boundaries should be, when we should say no, like where the value is, like all the. And we're not feeding it. And we're not feeding it. I can I'm tell you, for, you know, yeah, like, so I'm working perfect. with all the people who are doing ethics, you know, not, not all, all, but many of the people, you know, um, and I won't mention um, this one particular friend's name who, who does a lot of stuff in psychedelic ethics and in writing and other things. And, and it was also strangely confirming to see that um, we're both struggling financially, you know, and I've given so much personally, you know, um, like, I mean, to the point, like, you know, you could argue, like, I've had more than, you know, a couple years of service of like, giving my own energy and working at this full time, and um, pulling out of my own resources, to the point that like, I mean, and just in real honesty, like, this is ethics, right? You know, like that, where I'm like, well, am I going to make my mortgage? Right? Um, But like, I'm not, you know, but also not willing to compromise the importance of this work in the space. But also realizing the toxicity of my mindset, that I thought I had to do it alone. Mm. Yeah, but it's a lot to breathe into, a lot to hold hold space for. I really resonate with what you're sharing. I mean, I de- I've gone through that the past couple months for sure, and I felt like I was just like on the ground, like waving my white flag to the universe, like, like <laughs> I'm like, that's it, you know, like okay, I'm doing everything to tell me, you know. Like, so someone emailed me where something was needed in the business, and I'm like, oh, the baby's crying again, like, better go take care of it, you know. And I'm just like right back in there. So yeah. I had this really yeah, long with time. some toxic shite, you know, like sorry for my non-French French, you know, married, you know, whatever, you know, like. It, it's like, you know, like, I mean, narcissists, you know, sociopaths, you know, like really like, like you know, real toxic people like in this space, you know, um, and I, and I'm, there's also very beautiful, high vibrational people too, who are in alignment and, 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 uh, and, and that kind of, and there's so much work that's not seen. Hmm. So much. And there's work, ancestral you know, wounds that we're working on. This is oh, this, yeah. like this past week has been a major epiphany moment for me on regards to the codependency ancestral aspects of what I was trying to work through. And this earth element has been my guide for this. You know, it's I've always kind of been like, no, it's not my strength. But I've just been kind of like breathing into it and making more structures and make because I wanted more of my power back. And she was the one to teach me how to do that. And I really didn't like her as a teacher. Like a lot of the time I was like, God, Earth, you're so slow. <laughs> yeah. you I'm like when I got sent you to live in the woods, I'm like, really? Like I wanted to be closer to the more of the water. Like, you know, you want me to be on the, I'm like, oh, right. Earth element. I get it now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is where it has women, like, we get so much power back. And, and just in general, like with the feminine, we do get much power back when we have these boundaries in place. So yeah, I, I feel you. I'm there with you. <laughs> no, no. And you know, and you know, what you're reminding me of, like, and I have, I'm a, I'm a single mom, divorcee with two kids. And both my kids are on the spectrum. My daughter's transgender. Um, Cause I like to, you know, help bring visibility. But um. And one of the things I told them from when they were little was like, you know, we all have our strengths and we all have our, our weaknesses. There's some things that are going to come easier for you. And then some things that are going to be more challenging for you. And, and that's just how everyone is. Mm. Right. 
Yeah, that's, that's um, such a beautiful message. It's not that you're doing something wrong. It's like that's you're not doing anything wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Like you know, we need we want diversity. For you sure. know, do you want you know all the plants in the garden to be the same or all the fruits to be the same? You you don't. You you want the apples, the pear, and like they have different needs. You know, if you yeah. do you have plants? Do you have animals? Like you know, they have different needs and at different times. And 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 we're the same way. And the fact that we we have this uh, sort of, you know, um, toxic mindset that, you know, we all need the same exact products, um, the same exact work life and style or have the same way of thinking or feeling. Uh, having a more, uh, it's funny, you know, people talk about the spectrum, right? And and being someone on the spectrum, like, well, if you really take that spectrum approach to everything, you'd be better off. Right. I mean, like uh, my, my son is um, I mean, but we're all dyslexic in my family, but like <laughs> but um, but my son is like a, an exceptional dyslexic for dyslexics. Um, and but it also made him a very he's also a very brilliant um, engineer, pattern thinker, mechanical, like things that like I can't even imagine being able to do, you know, but that's the gift that came with, you know, that some people talk about twice exceptional. Right. Like you could be really incredibly gifted at one thing, but then have extreme challenges. He has extremely slow processing speed. And that doesn't mean that he's mentally slow. It means that uh, he's, uh, I, I talk about it, it's like, a, if it, this is like a very strange older reference. I, I love Lucy, you know, when it had the chocolate coming down the conveyor belt and they had to sort it and then it starts coming down faster. And then all of a sudden they have chocolate on their face and all this sort of stuff. So imagine like all sensory information and all of our experiences, all of the things that we have to handle our life are coming at a particular rate. And some of us have like a regular muffin tin with 12 spots to put everything in, you know, and information comes in. Some of us have a mini muffin tin, <laughs> maybe even more, or maybe even for certain types of things. And so it's like, well, it's slower because there's more categories, right? There's more to do so that when, you know, he learns it's something. Really, like, it's, it's, it's so interesting because it's basically what I perceive as like being on psilocybin or like a psychedelic. Yeah. Well, it, you know, so that's very true. Like you know, it's just, just like, okay. <laughs> no, and no, it's really true because like, and it's something I don't talk about, like um, this, this notion of like sensory gating. Mm. Um, so if you think about being like a, so I'm a highly sensitive person. You could put, I don't care what the freaking label you want to put on it is. Right. Um, and, and so, like, it took me a while to realize that uh, um, literally I'm feeling things that people aren't feeling <laughs> and experiencing things people are like, I thought this was like what everyone was like. I'm like, no. Um, and you end up judging yourself because you're, you know, different. Right. Um, and like, well, I get sensory overwhelm and I need to like have more like that downtime or being in the mountain like that. That retreat thing is very necessary, like having that introverted whatever regroup time or making conscious choices about my social interactions or when I take on like a, a, you know, an intense experience. But in terms of the psilocybin thing, a lot of people don't appreciate the fact that um, it actually opens you up more towards um, the energies, um, but also within yourself, right? So if you think um, like, let's say you're, you were normally at like, let's say a 10 open door um, you take psilocybin, all of a sudden you've become a 100. And, and you can work with other plant medicines or, or you can come out of state and, and, and some things will, will close after you're out of the journey and some things will remain open. 
And so a lot of some of the consciousness shifting that happens energetically is literally that you're more open, <laughs> you know, um, and and it's different for different people and different people have different um, like you think about microdosing and things like that. Right. Um, like some people don't need more than like, you know, 50 or 100 milligrams to, you know, like 100, I would say is actually more the average 250 is really high in my book. Um, and, and I know that some of the protocols like talk about it, but like you, it's nothing wrong with you. If you have a system that has a more closed sensory gate, you're just maybe, maybe you're more, a little bit more earth elemental or energetic, right? Like the, the yin to the yang, as it were, um, <laughs> is that, uh, um, being more sensory open. I'm like, look, I don't just arbitrarily go into an experience because I'm already really open all the time and I can't close that door. Mm, yeah, it, it poses an interesting question because I was sitting with this a little bit this past uh, little while. And, you know, I've always known shamans, particularly traditional shamans, they sit and look at the person and they dose the person based on what they yes. perceive. You know, yes. and there's this ethical side or this more, you know, where everyone wants the numbers. And it's something that does come up with my work. If people say, I want this much or I want that or I want, you know, and it's just like, whoa <laughs> crossing the boundaries like you know <laughs> very personal i mean and and like in a lot of traditions like even in um uh um in my reiki uh, i've learned four energy modalities the first um was a traditional usui reiki roho um and and even how he originally taught he had like um seven um primary um people that he taught um and there's different lineages that came out of that. We don't have to go into that. But the, the point is like he actually taught them different things because they were different people. Mm. And so some of the different things like symbols or mantras and things like that, it wasn't that he was creating a whole system. He was, you know, like, well, if you're more, uh, if you're more like we more auditory, or, you know, like, well, maybe you you need the mantras and the sounds to help you more. Uh, if you're more visual, maybe you needed the more the symbols. Uh, and 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 you think about like the same sort of diversity we we're talking about before, right? <laughs> about, you know, um, I mean, I, I could talk about it like in terms of my kids, right? Like uh, um, my 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 son was, you know, he, he was a very much a pattern thinker. And so he would he would always be finding patterns that I didn't know were there. And, and he was always following the rules. And he'd even find rules for things that I hadn't even thought of. Like we got in this situation where he he said like, you know, we were, we always had these conversations in the car because we have to, you know, drive Santa Cruz like a half an hour away and things like that. And we would get in these topics. We'd have more conversations and we were having conversation. We're in the middle of it. We got out of the car and he's like, no, mom, we can't talk about it anymore. I'm like, what do you mean we can't talk about it anymore? We're like in the middle of the conversation. He's like, no, we're out of the car. <laughs> and it never occurred to me that most of the time we'd have conversations we're having it in the car um but the pattern you know like so like for him then it became this association and pattern that like that's where those conversations appropriately happen interesting wow right versus like my 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 daughter um she she was uh i i jokingly called her a rule breaker but really she's a rule maker she's an independent spirit right you know um maybe like a negotiating like a uh, a peace accord between <laughs> Israeli and Pakistan, you know, or something like that, you know, um, uh, uh, and for bedtime, you know, like, you know, like that sort of like, well, 
you know, you say, don't, 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 don't step on this. And, and my son were like, well, that's the rule. Like we don't step on it. You know, that's the pattern. That's, you know, like, well, there's been a lot of thought and things, you know, my daughter would be like, okay, she'd like notice the rule. She'd think about it. And then she would step on it. You know, <laughs> she, that's not what I want to do. That sounds like me <laughs> as a child. <laughs> she was oh, just no, doing it out of spite. Yeah. She thought about it and then decided, right? Like, well, that's not a rule I want to follow, right? Like, you know, like that doesn't make sense to me. Like, or that's not what I want to do, right? Um, and 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 you can appreciate, like, so I had a different discipline or a different personality or different interaction with with her and how I handled her. Like, I never did like the countdown for five thing until like I had her like, okay, five, four, three, two, and like I did that with her. But with my son, like I had to do a totally different um. And so like, like he would always be like right by my side, walking through the, like, like a store, like farmer's market. And she all of a sudden I would, I would blink and she'd be, she'd be somewhere else. Like, like, I'm like, okay, that's like, okay, we're having a hundred down again, you know, like, <laughs> right. But like that, like that, that element of beautiful diversity that is in all of us um, is still within us in working with plant medicines and with psychedelics and with our spiritual relationships and everything. And like, the fact that we still have this mindset that it's like, okay, this is the prescription. This gets back to your science question again. This is the prescription. This is the protocol. This is what you do. Okay. At this point in time, this happens. I mean, I've had it too with birth, like, you know, like they're like, okay, you know, we're going to induce you. And this is when you're supposed to have it. Like we're going to put you on Pitocin and then, okay, now you need to go to sleep. And in the morning we'll finish you off. Like literally this was part of my experience. And, and like, that's not how it works. You know, meanwhile, like they take me off the chemicals and then I, I like, I go into full-term labor, like, like, you know, right. Like, so like, you know, baby decided to come, right. <laughs> when there wasn't the intervention. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. But there's that, that balance, like that really culminates there. It's like the earth element is there, but it's, and that's, that's why I think honestly, I'm having such an insight as you're speaking, because I feel like that is such a central reason why I love ceremony is that it has that earth element where all the space is so held, but there are absolutely no rules, you know? <laughs> in yeah, I mean, and, and, and there's not rise. one way to do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, is there one way to do a Zoom session? Is there one way to meet someone? Is there one way to have a relationship? I mean, um, and energetically speaking, right, we all have our unique energies. And when we come into relationship, we, we co-create something together that's unique just to us, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, so true. And, and my relationship with the medicines are going to be different than yours. You know, like yeah. um, I'll tell people about like I have a Wachuma a San Pedro cactus that I've had for over 20 years. I've not eaten it. <laughs> Just sitting with it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, tell us how people can connect with you, what you would like people to do from listening to this. Would you like them to check out your webpage, follow you on LinkedIn? Yeah. How can people find whatever you? Whatever they want. What are you up to? I mean, uh, uh, I mean, well, you mentioned about uh, volunteers as well. Like, is there, if someone's yeah, like, yeah, no, um, yeah, for Epic. Yeah, if you're curious about getting involved in Epic or learning more about Epic, you can definitely check out the website, which is epicpsychedelic.com. Um, and, and there's a, like a forum or different things on there to get connected with us in community. Um, and there is like a, a signal thread and different things. And we're still learning how to like, you know, how do we bring more people into community and, and build these relationships um, and integrity, <laughs> right? Um, 
and uh and and we're always you know and what epic will be is whatever whoever comes wants it to become right so it's just like anything else is and i think i i personally am getting inspired by the people who are who are called and, and who are brought in to relationship with us in working on this uh um in community and and co-creating different projects like i mean everything i mean like this one like I, like i like work with um Leia on the psychedelic safety flags thing that's like um more coming out we're working on like case studies and we're, we're entertaining the idea of like having ways of like reviewing communities and retreat centers and things like that um to, to help be that other voice that can be supportive because we can't all you know it's hard it's challenging i don't want to make it hard <laughs> it's challenging to be able to find um, that community and and you can always reach out to me I try and be open and accessible um, yeah you can find I think you put in the thing about uh, my LinkedIn you can certainly yeah. reach out to me on, on LinkedIn yeah, I'll put all your links in there and that's awesome yeah I think reaching out collaborating and just having that one-on-one -on -one time as well and just yeah that's the, the simple yeah. way to, to stay in touch and to see if there's a, a collaboration